Welcome to the latest edition of China Tech Insights, a project of Tencent Online Media Group. I'm your host, Rohan Malhotra. China Tech Insights was launched in 2016 with an aim to share analyses of the Chinese tech industry. Our articles are investigative reports based on meticulous interviewing, surveys, and research fueled by professional opinion from business insiders. And now for the week's headlines,、uh, Xiaomi CEO says he will launch AI products within half a year. Chinese entrepreneurs are now enabling users to rent scooters for their commute. Didi is said to have set up an AI research lab in Silicon Valley. Huawei now occupies 14.3% of the premium smartphone market in Europe. Social media company Douban launches a paid content service, and Momo stock price soars as a consequence of its live streaming service. Inspired by the car sharing and bike sharing trends, entrepreneurs in China are trialing out different ways of traveling between places and commuting in an attempt to bring more people into the sharing economy. One such example is the yellow-black-colored scooter-sharing brand BeFly, which has recently emerged on the streets of Beijing and Shanghai. Scooters come equipped with high-capacity lithium batteries, said to cover 100 kilometers per charge, and similar to Ofo and Mobike, uses scanned QR codes to unlock the vehicles. With an RMB 288 deposit, users are able to rent vehicles for 50 cents a kilometer and 10 cents a minute. BeFly scooters launched officially in February in two cities, with targets set for 300,000 vehicles in total for 2017. Though some users would no doubt prefer scooters over bicycles for the obvious reason that they're quicker and comfier for longer distances, a number of the startups operating in this space have encountered difficulties. The primary issue we're facing here is regulation. There aren't any national standards for electric scooters across the different cities of China, and the standards that do exist slot many low-capacity e-vehicles in the awkward space between motorcycle and bicycle. For instance, prior to BeFly, there were two other scooter-sharing startups instructed by the authorities to halt operations because their scooters were allegedly unqualified for legal license plates. According to regulations, vehicles should weigh no more than 40 kilograms, and vehicle speed should be under 20 kilometers per hour. The high speed for Dianban Ma, one of the two brands mentioned above, exceeded 35 kilometers per hour. Inconvenient vehicle pickup and return is another headache for scooter sharing. Reports say that Dianban Ma scooters can only be parked in spots where there are charging poles or at hotel gates. Combined with mounting costs for manufacturing and maintenance. The road to acceptance for the scooter-sharing model looks cloudy, to say the least. On to Didi now. Didi is reported to have set up an autonomous driving lab in Silicon Valley, manned by a dozen engineers and researchers, including ex-Uber employee Charlie Miller and engineers from Google's Waymo project, formerly、uh, that is, of course, Google's self-driving car project. Reports say the United States lab will focus on big data security and the smart driving sector. With Didi's growth in the private car-hailing market reaching a plateau, it has become more and more urgent for Didi to expand into international markets and launch new businesses. Didi CEO Chang Wei has said in the past that their globalization strategies are not limited to car-hailing services, but will also include technological innovation in the global communications sector. We're likely now seeing what she was hinting at: a big data platform and driverless cars. And now for our social media picks, Douban, a Chinese online social platform for books, music, and movie reviews, announced it will join the paid-for-knowledge trend by introducing its own paid product, Douban Time. In its current incarnation, users pay RMB 128 to listen to 103 audio episodes recorded by a slew of renowned modern poets talking about poetry. On the Douban Time page at the company website, 
The company updates paid content every week with content produced by celebrities from academia and other industries. It has an advantage over others in that its platform has collected together many movie critics, musicians, photographers, designers able to provide quality content. Doban is a community revolving around mainly young white color workers and students dwelling in first and second tier cities. Doban isn't particularly known for its commercialization pace and capacity, as many describe monetization on the platform as slow. It has been around for about a decade now, and over that period, monetization has been attempted in many ways, particularly from 2011 to 2013. Advertising, e-commerce, and book publishing have all been attempted. However, revenue generation has largely fallen short. The founder of Doban has insisted on a superb user experience rather than commercialization. Perhaps the time is ripe now for a paid content trial, a potential solution to the commercialization dilemma. There are only a few occasions every year able to collect together most of China's top tech bosses in one place. One such example is China's annual two sessions, that is the National People's Congress and the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. It has become routine for leaders of the tech scene to make proposals during these sessions. This year, Xiaomi CEO Lei Jun announced Xiaomi would be launching AI products in the coming half year and proposed that the government should accelerate the pace of national strategy pertaining to AI. Lei Jun was quoted as saying, Now all China's internet giants are AI companies. None of our CEOs are passing on the opportunities afforded by AI technology. Xiaomi set up its own research lab dubbed the Xiaomi Exploration Lab in early 2016, focused on VR projects. Lei also talked about lessons Xiaomi has learned during its globalization process. He said globalization is a thing that can't be rushed. While companies should eye long-term development in the next one to two decades, the future five to ten years will be prime time for Chinese smartphone makers to display their strengths in the global arena, said Lei. He admitted that in the past three years, Xiaomi had been in too much of a hurry, expanding to seven overseas markets all at once, which caused it a lot of problems. It was later when Xiaomi decided to focus on the Indian market that the situation finally started to get better. In smartphone news, Huawei disclosed its achievements across international markets to reporters during Mobile World Congress. For the first half of 2016, overseas sales revenue was 1.6 times that of domestic. Its achievements in the European market were particularly striking. In five European countries, including Spain, Huawei has taken more than 20% of the market. In the Western European market, Huawei now has 11.6% market share. In terms of the premium market, that is smartphones ranging from Euro 500 uh, to 600, Huawei has 14.3% market share. In the European market, Chinese brands that have built a name there include Huawei, ZTE, TCL, Lenovo, OnePlus, and Shenzhen-based Weco. Huawei and ZTE are early comers to the European market, taking a cue from achievements made in the telecommunications sector across Europe. Huawei started by manufacturing customized budget phones for carriers. Huawei reinforced its efforts in 2015 through its sub-brand Honor. According to a Huawei employee interviewed by the media, Honor's sales volume increased 8.6% year-on-year in 2016, expanding its presence to 74 countries and districts. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back the same time next week with another roundup of the week's happenings in tech. If anything here took your fancy, please do check out our website at chinatechinsights.com or reach out to us at CN Tech Insights on Twitter. Follow us over on WeChat by scanning the QR code from our website. Bye for now.